clubhouse. This is Lauren. And this is Steph. And today we are here to share a Love It or Leave It featuring Hulu's Little Fires Everywhere. So the very first scene of Little Fires Everywhere, this beautiful house, like everybody's dream house, is in flames. It's burning. Engulfed. Yep. And you see Reese Witherspoon playing the character Elena. She's just watching and you can tell that it's her house. And there's a police officer responding to this who seems to know her family intimately. Yeah. You can tell like they don't know who did it, but he says that this fire was intentionally set. He mentions there was accelerants and that the firefighters said there were little fires everywhere. We quickly start to learn about the characters and we start to realize that this is a 90s. It's set in the 90s. And what did you think about the fact that it was set in the 90s? I was a little surprised by that. I don't know. I just assumed it would be set in current day. I did too. And also, okay, so maybe we're getting old. I don't know. But anytime (laughs) a show has been set in an earlier time period like I feel like it was like the 70s or the 80s or (laughs) the 60s or like something way retro but the 90s I I I actually could relate to so many of the references I lived through that so it was really interesting to me to see all of the things that they pulled up like for their setting they said it was 1997 I caught that somewhere yeah what was one of the things you saw that you were like oh my gosh 90s the definitely a car phone With she a had, spiral like, cord. Yeah, with the spiral cord that she had plugged in. Yeah, that's one of the intro scenes about Elena's character. That's Reese Witherspoon in this. She's in the car and she's like, I'm right, excuse me, I'm almost out of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like, so remember funny. those days when you had to pay attention to how many minutes you had on your cell phone? Right. Elena, the main character, she's the mom of four. So she's packing all of the lunches. She's this career woman, a journalist, and she's packing all the lunches and, and she pulls out the igloo cooler. <laughs> Did you have an igloo cooler, Steph? Not for lunch, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody had one of those. Yeah. I didn't have like the kind of cooler that she had with the little like snap the plastic, like you push in and you push the lid over. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had a lunch bag that was the Igloo brand, but it was like a lunch bag, like kind of yeah, yeah. similar to what I'm, you might have funny. now. Like the triangle one. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Everybody had an Igloo cooler of some sort for their lunch. I, she also talks about Snapple and Shasta. Yeah. Soda. She's telling the kids like, I we're at a Snapple or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. And then I noticed like Ricky Lake was on the yes. TV. And Remember they were Ricky watching Lake? Yeah, and they were watching The Real World. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on MTV, right? Right. There were all these references to the nineties. Like the one of the ones also I noticed was the Oklahoma City bombing. She yeah, said something she mentioned about the, that. Yeah. And I'm from Oklahoma. Actually, my husband, he is from Oklahoma City and he was in high school at the time. Or no, I don't know, not high school. He was in Probably junior high. Probably right? junior high. Yeah, I was in fifth grade, and he's four years older than me. So, yeah, I don't know. Where, I don't know where he was, but <laughs> he was at school. Okay, and his school is like 20, 30 miles from the federal building that got bombed, mm-hmm. and he could feel it. Like he, wow. he, says he remembers like, that. Everybody yeah. from Oklahoma remembers that. Like I remember it very vividly the day it happened. It was a very big deal. I mean, I lived in Tulsa. I lived an hour and a half away, so mm-hmm. I didn't feel it or anything. But his aunt and his aunt also was in the building and survived it so oh my gosh i always think that just because i was from oklahoma that that was like a 
big deal to me. But whenever I hear it on a show like this, I'm like, yeah, okay, this was something that everybody, everybody. everybody knew about. I think they said they were in Ohio. Did you pick up on Ohio? I know this, the name of their city is Shaker. Yes, I did catch Shaker, but I, I also really, don't know if that's, do you know if that's a real town? I don't know. I didn't Google it, but I did write down Ohio when I was taking notes. So I think okay. they said it at one point or I noticed it. Yeah, I didn't catch it at all. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure if they were in a real town or a made-up town. Right. They also talked about um, the video rental store, too. They did? Yeah, (laughs) like, I think when somebody was coming to visit somebody and they were like, oh, they're they're back, they're returning a video right now at the video store. (laughs) That's funny, I missed that. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Back in the day. So let's talk about Elena. She's our main character. This is Reese Witherspoon. I feel like she's playing a very typical role for her. Yes. Being that she's this career woman, journalist, prim, proper. Proper. How else would you describe her? Very well put together. Yes. I noticed so much about her character. It was just hilarious to me. Like she is someone who is in control, is very calculated in the things that she does, planned out. Like she probably has a color coordinated calendar on her wall in the kitchen. Like she knows where everybody has to be at every moment. I thought it was hilarious later in the episode, she was measuring out her wine. Like she poured the wine into a measuring cup and then poured from the measuring cup into a wine glass and like took a sip. And I was like, what kind of person is so like (laughs) measured that you know exactly how much wine you have to drink? Why do you think that Elena does that? Do you think she does that because she wants to know exactly how she's going to feel? Or do you think this is about her perfect figure? What do you yeah. What do you think? Oh, yes. Okay. So I think it's about control. I think it's, she has to have these all of these little things controlled. And she did. She weighs herself every morning. And she they showed her writing on a list how much she weighed every morning. And oh. Did you I, notice I, that? You know what? I watched it a couple of days ago, and that's not yeah. something that I remember. She weighed herself. She weighs 117 pounds, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what she had written down. But like this theme throughout her whole entire life. I also thought it was hilarious that they don't have sex on, except on Wednesdays and Saturdays or something like that. Oh, yeah. And he was like, you know, we can have sex on another day of the week. And she's like, but it's not fun unless you plan it or something like that. I know. And so then, like, funny. then that he planned it that night and then she looks at the clock. It's like 1159 and then it's midnight and she's like, oh, oh it's, it's not Thursday anymore. I know. Like, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And he like accepted that answer. Like, okay, I, I guess you're right. She seems to be this perfectly controlled person in every aspect of her life. like To the point of being pretty difficult, right? Yes, I would I, think so. I would say just even the way her husband reacted to that. He just accepts it at this point, I think. He it's accepts like, it, yeah. Yeah. That kind of shows you that the family does put up with a lot of her, this is how it is. Yeah, kind I of think stuff. she's... My way or the highway, maybe? I don't see her as being a flexible person just based on the view we got of her in this episode. She just seems so calculated in everything she does throughout her day. It's planned. It's on a schedule. So she's in the car with her daughter, Izzy, who she doesn't like. Like She goes by Izzy because she named her Isabel. Right. And actually, that's kind of a problem to her that her daughter wants to go by Izzy when she's named Isabel. I mean, there's a lot of different variations of the name Isabel. And I think if you name somebody Isabel, you think that could be a possibility. Right. Like, hope you like Izzy. Hope you like Bella. Hope you like all these different things. Like she corrected her husband when he called yes. her Izzy. 
which that's what <laughs> the daughter asked to be called, right? Right, yeah. So she's in the car with her daughter, Izzy, and the daughter's kind of expressing that she doesn't, she's like not as close of friends with some people that she used to be friends with anymore. They've kind of drifted apart, and Elena suggested to her daughter, she says, that she should wear her hair down to mm -hmm. fit in. Like, oh, you, you know, maybe if you wear your hair down, like those girls will like you. What did you think about that? When we talk about Izzy, that's like a whole nother issue going on. But it's like if Izzy dressed and behaved and acted the way that she wanted her to, then she would fit in and be popular, you know? It's like she sees her as not fitting into this box that she wants for her. And then, like, that's why you don't fit in. Yeah, she's thinking that she needs to be a certain way, and if she changed, then maybe things would go better for her. Yeah. You see that, and we'll talk about it later, but you see that she just wants Izzy to fall in line with all these things she has planned for her. Let's talk about Isabel's character a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. so how would you describe Izzy's style and Izzy's mm. way that she presents herself into the world? I think she's trying to figure it out. I think she's trying to make herself more edgy. She's trying to break out of that mold that her mom wants her into. I wouldn't call her a goth, but at one scene she is wearing all black. And I think she had like painted her nails black or something. Like she's, I think she's experimenting with breaking out of that mold. But I don't know. I would. I would. I don't know that she has defined it either. Do well, I mean, a... in the first scene, though, she was nowhere near goth. She was just right. I don't think she was wearing a lot of makeup. Kind of had her hair pulled back in a messy ponytail, just like she wasn't really trying that much. Like her appearance was not really something she put a lot of thought into. And I think that's on purpose to irritate her mother too. Like it's like she practically was wearing her pajamas to orchestra practice in the first scene. You know, she just didn't want to try. I definitely wouldn't call her goth, but I think she's dressing in a way that's just trying to be different. She has a little bit longer hair at first, and then she burns part of her hair off in the bathroom. So that's sort of a thing that we not sure what's going on there. That was a major scene, I would say. Yeah. The fact that that came right after her mom suggested that she wear her hair down. Like yeah. the next time we see Izzy on the show she has burned her hair, like you said, like burned half of it off. Yeah. I think there's so much to talk about Izzy, but she just was so blank too. I think at first Elena thought she was like injured or something like, what happened? Oh my gosh, are you okay? She just had this like blank look on her face and she didn't react at all. And then that's sort of when Elena was like, oh my gosh, did you do this on purpose? Like what is happening? Izzy is definitely going through something. I kind of think it has to do with the friend that they mentioned. Oh, you're not so close to whatever her name was. Elena was like, "Where? what happened to your friend? I can't remember her name. But Yeah, I don't know the friend's name either. I think there's something there. I think something's happening with Izzy that we don't quite have enough information on. And I think it has to do with her mom. And I think it has to do with something that happened with the friends. Yeah, I definitely mm -hmm. think it's a combination of both. Especially, you think about her age. She's what, if 14 she... or... I think she was is yeah she's a teenager but not um like i think she's a young teenager yes she's not driving yet no but yeah it kind of seems like if a teen has 
at least their parents or at least their friends, they're going to be okay. But like when neither is working out, they can kind of go crazy. So let's talk about the rest of Elena's family real fast. Her husband is Bill. And that's Josh <laughs> Jackson. Yay. I'm so happy to see Pacey back. Yeah. From Dawson's Creek. I'm team but... Pacey all the way. <laughs> what did you think about the scene where he's in his whitey tidy? Oh though? yeah. I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. You, that's was that good. a 90s thing or was that just like Probably. a... Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Is that like 90s underwear style? I, I mean, would not know, Lauren. I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> I only know my husband's underwear style. <laughs> and that is not it. Right? <laughs> Sorry to the, <laughs> tell everybody that. But um, Oh my gosh. No, I to me it, it was, was kind funny. Of, yeah, it was, was kind of like... shocking to see because my grandpa and my dad. Like, right? <laughs> that would be like something they would wear. But yeah. I think of Josh Jackson, like, like he wouldn't wear that. No, he wouldn't. I know. I don't they, think. <laughs> they don't tell us much about him. They don't tell us what he does. Obviously, he, he's successful. I mean, they have this amazing house. So we don't know. We don't know much about him other than he sort of fits into Elena's world, I guess. Yeah. He seems to not really fight her too much on her all her little rules. However, I think he said one of the most important things in the show, like uh, kind of explaining Elena and Izzy's relationship, like he said, do, do you want her to be happy or more like you? Right. And I thought that was pretty brilliant. I noticed that too. Yeah, it's exactly, I feel like that's exactly the issue with Elena and Izzy. Izzy d doesn't feel like Elena cares if she's happy and that Izzy realizes she's not going to be like her mom, even no matter how hard she tries. Yeah. She's not going to be accepted unless she is. So it's this huge conflict. So they also have three other kids. They have their oldest son, Trip, mm, Which we don't know much about. We didn't get into him. We don't know much about him, but we do know that he openly teased the younger son, who they call Moody. Yeah. He openly teased her. He openly teased Izzy at a family dinner, and, like, it was not a big deal. Like, nobody, yeah. the parents didn't even react. Right. He said mean things, mm -hmm. and it was like everybody just <laughs> let it let it happen and then they have Lexi who's she's older than Izzy right it seems that way yeah and Lexi is like the dream daughter mm -hmm. she's like little miss perfect the friend or whoever was visiting was like oh my gosh she's such a little mini you like to yeah. Elena it's like she's fitting into that perfectly well and like she was babysitting the friend's kid yeah I, I mean I get it I actually have a friend that their daughter is like the perfect little helper to us like mm -hmm. that like that is older she's a little bit older and she like when I'm hanging out with my friends she like watches our kids and I'm like oh my gosh your daughter is so perfect like <laughs> like as far as that role like I I know that girl yes. in real life but because we have Izzy and we have Lexi. These sisters are so opposite to one another. Right. Lexi's character kind of is like annoyingly perfect. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so is Elena's. Elena is well put together and everything, but she kind of gets on your, I, she kind of gets on my nerves. Yeah. I, I don't think, I think she's supposed to be that kind of perfect that thinks everybody needs to be like her. I think yeah. that's the problem. And that's where she gets into some conflict with some people in the show is that she kind of has this, this feeling of like, I'm the way everybody needs to be. And if you're not like me, I'm going to try to help you be like me. <laughs> but I noticed throughout the episode that she just kept saying, like, I'm just trying to be nice. 
I'm just trying to raise nice children who are nice. I'm just trying to be nice. She kept saying that, like whenever there was a conflict with Mia that we'll we'll get into later. She was like, I was just trying to be nice, you know. She has the best of intentions, right? I think so. Her husband said that about her. He said, well, you always have a good heart. That's right. And that's, he's like, that's why I love you because you just have a big heart. I don't know that that's true. I'm kind of thinking a little cynical about it, but no, I I think she comes, she, you do? No, I think that she has the best of intentions. Like maybe her actions come off differently to people, but in her heart, she's just doing the right thing. Yeah, I definitely think that she thinks that she is doing the right thing. But I also think that she puts herself on a pedestal and thinks that that is this, like she puts herself to a certain standard and then she thinks everybody else needs to be like her. And there are a lot of different ways to be in this world. And not everybody's going to be like you, like obviously. You can't expect that from people. Right. So let's talk about Mia and Pearl. So Mia is introduced. She and her daughter, Pearl, actually, Elena discovers them um, and actually calls and reports them because they are hanging out in a car that appears to be loaded up. It's like a crappy little, didn't she say it was Chevette? A Chevelle, I think she said. I thought she called it the Chevette. I don't know. A Chevelle is a car, but I don't know if a Chevette is a car. (laughs) Okay, well. We can... Google uh, sorry that I, don't know. that I don't know either, but this is like a little hatchback. Yes. 90s. Little tiny car. Probably 80s, maybe 70s car. I don't know. It's an old car in the 90s. The paint job is like yes. flat. It's not Definitely. shiny anymore. Maybe a little rusty in spots. And they have this car packed up, stuff on the roof, stuff. And they appear to be living in the car. Yes. It's pretty safe to say they, they had slept. She had, at least Pearl, her daughter, had been sleeping in the car. Yes. They find an ad and they go look at a house. First, the cop tells them that they need to get out of the parking lot because someone reported them. Elena had been the one that reported them. She's a journalist, so she's always looking around. And the realtor? Like, how did that happen? Well, she's not a realtor. She was the landlord. Oh, she's the landlord. That's right. Yeah, actually, this Mm -hmm. is before we knew what she was. I actually put down that she was a realtor, and then I realized later because remember her kids were talking about how she brags about she's a journalist yeah and she brags about that one article was it janet reno i think it was janet reno it was janet reno yeah she interviewed janet reno and remember moody her son had been like yeah give her give her a chance and hang around long enough and she'll mention it (laughs) she'll mention it she's pretty proud of that and she proved that correct that's funny they even teased her about it her kids They're like, that was three times this week, mom. (laughs) And I wonder, I'm so curious, like how long ago this article was that she interviewed Janet Reno, but anyways, doesn't matter. So yeah, so she's the landlord for this duplex that Mia and Pearl are looking at. So Mia and Pearl, they come to look at this house and then, of course, you can tell that Elaine is kind of profiling them, but she doesn't know that they're homeless and she doesn't know that they're the ones that she had reported beforehand like when she's showing them the house and you can tell pearl the daughter is falling in love with the house and mia is so standoffish it's kind of hard to tell does she like Mm -hmm. the house does she not like the house or does she like the house but she knows she can't afford the house it's hard to say yeah did you have any take on that scene about i didn't really pick up on much there but like you said she's just trying to size up mia I think she doesn't think they can afford it or or should take it or whatever. But um, especially when Elena says it's a year lease and Mia is definitely not interested in sticking around for a year. Yeah, she definitely said that normally they leave. Um, And Pearl also, she tells later her friend, Moody, which ends up being Elena's son, that her mom is an artist and she just, you know, 
live somewhere long enough to like have a subject or something and work on that art piece and then they move on to the next art piece is Yeah, kind I thought of it was really interesting the way that she said that. She said that she picked a place to study or something. I wrote it, hold on, let me, I wrote it down because I thought it was really weird the way she said it and sort of maybe telling about what's going on with Mia. I don't know, it was weird. I feel like there was more going on with Mia Oh, than, for sure. than we actually can really get from this, just this first episode. I think we have Oh, a yeah. lot to learn about Mia. There's just so much going on, and especially the way that we weren't sure, does she like the house? Does she not like the house? They end up getting the house because when they're walking out the door, I wish I remember what Elena said. She had said some rude stuff, kind of blowing Mm -hmm. them off while they were in the house, kind of saying no, she wouldn't do less than a one-year lease, Mm -hmm. and and even said some rude stuff. I don't remember what it was. Do you? No, Okay. I didn't. Okay, well, anyway, they get outside and then Helena realizes it's that car that she had called and reported. And she realizes that this girl and her daughter are living in their car and she had the means to help them Mm-hmm. and she ended up renting it to them on the spot, right? She didn't Right. even think anything else about it. Not like, let me talk to my husband or nothing. Like, here's the key. <laughs> like, Right. She didn't call any references. We find out later when her husband's like, so you didn't check the references? Yeah. Mia says, oh, I'm an artist. And then Elena's like, oh, well, what do you do for for work? And she's like, I'm an artist. She said, oh, I didn't know that was like a real job. I thought it was one of those pretend jobs you see. What did she call it? She called Oh, it like, she's like, br- like a spy or like yeah. a <laughs> marine biologist. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. That's funny. Elena doesn't mean to, but the things she says especially to Mia, who kind of has a chip on her shoulder anyway. It just seems like Mia is very offendable, if that makes Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, she definitely has her guard up and she is looking for the person that she's got to watch out for, I think. Yeah, I mean, for she's, sure. she's noticing everything, I think. Everything they say to her or... Which this, which this behavior is in line with the whole... Why does she move so much? Is she on the run from something? That's sort of the impression That's a question. you get for sure. That's a prediction we have that we thought about. What about Pearl? Let's talk about her real fast. Okay, so Pearl's Mia's daughter. She is so sweet. They I seem really... to have a really, really close relationship, though Yeah. they've slept in the same bed everywhere they've ever lived. Mm-hmm. And they they talk about how they do the knocking like on the um, wall. Yeah, The, to say I I love love you. you so much, and then I love you too or something. <laughs> I don't remember. But Yeah, it was they like like knocking. they have like a secret code and Yeah. she's into poetry. She's a writer as well. She wants to write poetry. She said in um, every bedroom or every room she gets, apartment they get, she gets to paint one wall, cerulean blue. But she also mentioned that they only paint one wall because they move so often and they have to repaint it. I thought that was really interesting. Even though they move that like super often, you know, more than once a year, they still paint a wall <laughs> when Yeah. they move in. Even though they're going to have to repaint it when they move out. I just found that to be really interesting that it was that important to them to be able to paint that wall. Once they move in, Elena's son, Moody, which I don't know his real name. Moody is his nickname, but that's Yeah, so how the... come it's okay for, it's not okay for Izzy, Isabel to be called Izzy, but it's okay for whatever his name is to be called Moody? That is a good Like, where, question. what is that name even Well, about? and it's also Trip, the older brother, whenever they were like, why don't you take Moody with you to out with your friends? And he was like, oh, he's not their type, talking about the girls. Mm-hmm. Cutting him down in front of the family. 
apparently it just doesn't matter in their family. <laughs> like I guess. He, who seems to be like this social misfit, comes over and like introduces himself to Pearl. Yeah. Which you wouldn't expect based on his family interaction. It was completely unexpected that he would go make friends on his own. Mm -hmm. Like he initiated that, went and made friends with Pearl. And so it shows them hanging out, going to the library, going to, I don't know, get ice cream or whatever. So you can see that they've developed a friendship. So much that Pearl ends up coming over to their house and spending time at their house and then getting to know Elena. Mm -hmm. And then like Pearl ends up like really liking Elena because Elena's a journalist and a writer. And then Pearl has that in common with her. And mm -hmm. you can tell that Pearl is starting to really admire Elena. Yeah. But you know that Pearl's mom, kind of Elena, just rubs her the wrong way every yeah. time they interact. There's yes. always some drama there. It is always awkward. And then you notice kind of the same thing happening with Mia. Yeah. yeah. The artist. And, and then Izzy, the, you know, the daughter that burned her hair off that like, you know, they know they kind of realize that they kind of like each other and have something mm -hmm. in common as well so you see those comparisons of those characters why do you think that izzy and mia connect i think that they see a little bit of themselves in each other well Mia's obviously older and so i think she can see that izzy's just trying to find her way outside of that little elena bubble and i think she <laughs> understands why <laughs> for sure but she sees that she's an artist too i think that she, they connect on that what was your take on it? Yeah, I think that it's refreshing for Izzy to see an adult who is not like her mom mm -hmm. <laughs> that is functioning in the world and supporting herself and everything. That just proof that she can be herself into her adult years. I think it's really encouraging to Izzy. Basically, just to find somebody opposite of her mom is like really refreshing. And I think that Pearl is drawn to Elena because I think she's drawn to that stability. You know, she's wanting to stay at this place longer and you know they're both writers and so I think she sees that Elena is like established and steady and constant and I think she's drawn to that for sure. Yeah and um, I think Elena really loves it that Pearl is interested in her hobbies as well and interested in her writing and but isn't it different how whenever Elena offers to help Pearl, like whenever she's like, yeah, anytime you want to learn about writing or learning about journalism or whatever, it seems kind of different than whenever Mia's like, hey, I got your back. You should use this Rust-Oleum paint or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like when Mia says it, it sounds like not yeah, just... overbearing or something. But when Elena says it, it's almost like, oh, you poor little girl, I need to do charity work and help mm -hmm. you. But I don't know how it's different. Yeah. So I, I did what, notice that. Yeah, I noticed it too, but I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly how to put that into words, but it's like with the dinner and she's like, oh, you're welcome to have anything at our house or you're welcome to eat here anytime. Or it's like she wants to sort of fill, I think maybe she feels like she can fill in the little blanks that Mia doesn't provide, you know, or... Yeah, like she like sent she home. Can fill it in. Uh, did you see that whenever yeah. she dropped Pearl off? Well, first of all, Mia said she was going to come pick her up. Mm -hmm. And then you see that Elena ends up dropping Pearl off after dark. And she has a bunch of leftovers that she's sending her home with. Mm -hmm. Which is a really nice gesture, right? Yes. But, but it also seemed like controlling. I don't know. It's like she was providing that for her. It's nice. Yeah. Like, so nice. <laughs> it, it's nice, but then at the same time, it comes off as like charitable or off putting or 
wait, you don't think like mm-hmm. I'm going to feed my kid dinner or you don't think we are going to eat? It's that whole boundary of like what is helpful versus what is offensive. Right. When you can provide for somebody, there is just that line of like, am I going to be stepping on their pride or am I going to make them think that I think something? I don't know. I found it to be touching on a really taboo issue that we don't ever really talk about, but I do feel that it exists whenever you're interacting with different demographics of people. Mm -hmm. If you're offering help to someone, you want them to understand that you're offering out of the kindness of your heart, not because you don't think they can do it. Absolutely. It was definitely interesting dynamic to watch with Elena and Pearl for sure. We didn't get to see a whole lot of Mia and Izzy interact, but I think that we will probably. Oh, I definitely think that's Mm -hmm. coming. So what did you think when Izzy went to her violin concert and then she didn't (laughs) play at all and then she wrote, not your puppet on her forehead? (laughs) I mean, that was so so funny, but shocking. If my kid did that, it would be so furious. Just, it's I mean, dramatic it, for sure. Yeah, it's Especially dramatic. if she does, she like playing the violin. That's what I want to know. I, I thought she did like to play the violin. Well, probably, maybe, maybe she did at first, and now it's becoming an issue. Because Elena went into how much money we've spent on this, and she doesn't appreciate it. And we could have gone on vacation for what we pay for her to be in this orchestra. And so it's like maybe Izzy liked playing the violin until it became like a mandatory controlled situation. I don't know. Well, it was... what did her friend say to her? There was a friend interaction mm-hmm. in, in the bathroom. I think it was that same girl. Yeah, Elena. it was the same girl. Mm-hmm. And she said, why aren't we friends anymore? And she and said, because you, you're a freak, right? She said, you know why. And then she called her a freak. You know why. So mm-hmm. I wonder what's the why. Are we going to, we'll probably find that out in this yeah. season for sure. But so. do you think that had part of the reason, like not your puppet? Do you think she was talking only to Elena or do you think she was maybe also talking to the friend? It felt mostly directed to Elena because of the whole, you know, the haircut. After she burned her hair off, Elena dictated how her hair was cut. And when she was getting dressed for the concert, she wanted to wear like black cut off jeans and a black cut off tank top. And she was like, absolutely not. You're going to wear the dress I bought you. So I think it was just an act of rebellion of you're okay. Like enough is enough. I'm not going to do what you say. Yeah. I'm not going to wear your little yellow flowery dress. It was the worst dress ever. It was bad. It reminded me of Taylor Swift about eight years ago or something. (laughs) Longer than that, I think. Was it longer than that? Taylor Swift's like older than you think. I mean, I love Taylor Swift now. Now I'm Taylor Swift's biggest fan. But like I'm talking about when 17-year-old Taylor Swift when she had curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift, I love you. But I want to say, I feel like they are, the writers are trying to like direct people towards Izzy being some terrible person. Because when they opened the show up and they're and the house is on fire and the cop is like, this was set on fire. And they were like, you know, Izzy, she's a teenager. And where is I, she? I, and I need to like rewatch that first scene to see exactly what they're saying about Izzy. Because at the time I was like, who's Izzy? I know. Like, I didn't know. I don't know who Izzy is. But then I realized it's the daughter later. And I think as we watch this show, they want us to think that just because Izzy does these really erratic things like burn her hair off, she's already had a fire incident, right? Mm -hmm. And she's already had very dramatic, like, not your puppet. Like, I'm not going to play my violin and I'm going to make a dramatic public scene here. Right. We are led to believe that Izzy is capable of maybe burning the house down, but it's clearly not going to be her, right? 
because mm. that would be too obvious if you're like, I guess, yeah. if every episode it pointed to, you got a troublemaker, and then you got a troublemaker, and she does all those things, oh, and then she was the one that burned the house right. down. End of series. <laughs> I mean, if it's Izzy, that's really disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, and then the, um, the other three kids were in the cop car or whatever car, and they were watching Elena talk to the authorities, and they said, I wonder what she's telling them. And then one of the brothers said, she's probably blaming on Izzy and then the daughter was like yeah like she always does or something so even the kids were like she's gonna blame this on Izzy but she didn't I mean she well we didn't see her saying anything she just was totally blank and didn't say a word but I don't know but I I definitely don't think that she burned the house down just that's my (laughs) that's my prediction here is I don't think that she had anything to do with the house intentionally burning down also, in the midst of like this trouble scene about Izzy causing this big scene, very public scene in her orchestra concert, dramatically looking at her mom with not playing, not playing her instrument and saying, not your puppet. Also, good little Moody and Pearl are now got in trouble with the police, got hauled home from the police. I think it was the same night. Right? Yes. I look, yeah, I think so. Um, for trespassing at the junkyard because he had this like fun little place at the junkyard that he had made his own little clubhouse. Not, or I was going to say clubhouse, but I was like, <laughs> the pot clubhouse. clubhouse the... <laughs> yeah. It's a little yeah. clubhouse, but it's a little bit cooler than a clubhouse. Yeah, it's cooler than a clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, actually, it reminds me, I actually had a clubhouse kind of like this when I was about their age. I could totally see that. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Like, I they, like behind my house, you would go through these woods, and then there was this Christmas tree farm, and then there was this old abandoned. What? I know. I know. It's hard to believe, <laughs> but this is real. <laughs> this is real life Oklahoma suburban living so there was this creek that ran behind my house and then these woods you had to go through and then up along the creek there was like this abandoned shed thing and there was this car outside of it that had been sitting there on blocks for like grass was grown a, a, what? A, yeah it was cool I don't know how many years that car had sat there that nobody had touched it and some of my friends and I like we just turned it into our little clubhouse and we put like furniture Mm -hmm. and like decorated the walls and we would meet there after school and ride our bikes there and it was our little place to just hang out so I actually really get the allure of having this place that it's secret you know it's actually really cool he had this like little it was a just a van sitting in the junkyard that he had converted and it was just his little place, you know? So they're just sitting in there, like, talking, and he's playing the guitar, which is really cool. And he's asking her to read some of her poetry. And So they're just chilling. They're hanging out. It's like their artist retreat. But anyway, it's not their property. They end up getting in trouble for trespassing and hauled home by a neighborhood watch cop. Reese Witherspoon or Elena, she's, like, not concerned at all. She was like, he's just a neighborhood watch cop, and don't you worry, it won't happen again. And yet Mia is freaking out. She is so mad. She's, like, panicking. Panicking and so mad, like, at Pearl, which there's so many layers to that, right? Because, you know, how they move a lot. If she were on the run and Pearl would get in trouble for something, that could be bad. But also, we haven't said this yet, but Mia and Pearl are black, and then Elena and her family are all white, 
And so, I mean, especially in the age of all of the police and race and all of that stuff, I think that played into this as well. You could be believing that maybe she thought that they were going to have it harder on them because of their race. I felt like she alluded to that for sure. Yeah, and actually that's what I thought was more of her concern until I got to thinking deeper about them moving a lot and about some of her other behaviors and that possibly Mia might be on the run from something. Yeah. Which her behavior to Pearl getting in trouble, even though she wasn't in deep trouble, it was like more like like she got dropped off. Severe overreaction to the level of trouble she was in. Absolutely. I mean, she's freaking out. She doesn't want anyone to know. She's like, you cannot get arrested. You don't know where we are. You don't want anyone to know. So she's highly upset and worried for sure. The cop happened to be following Mia's car on the way to Elena's house. And she was panicking at that moment. She didn't realize that they were just bringing home Pearl and Moody. But she was highly upset that there was a cop behind her. So later in the show, Elena asks Mia... She says, hey, you know, if you would like to help out with some things at the house, you're welcome to come. Like, we have some chores that we want to do. And (laughs) Mia um, is highly offended. Oh, Mia is like, what, you want me to be your house? You want me to be your maid? And she was like, uh, more mm." like my house manager. She said a house manager. House manager, like. And she, she said, was, um, because I'm, what'd she say? Something like, because I'm not very organized or because I'm not very. So disorganized. Yeah. yeah. Something like, like that. I, like clearly not true, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's the opposite of that. She's very organized, especially yeah. compared to Mia. It was funny because she was trying to find ways to help Mia because I think she thought that they were hardly getting by, right? Yeah. Because she's, like, she's working some restaurant job or whatever and because she said she worked nights nights. that's right she didn't want pearl you know home alone oh that's tough you know working nights or whatever Um, so she offered her the job as the house manager (laughs) and she she shuts that down she gets really like offended but then later she comes back knocks on the door and asks if the offer is still up Why do you think that she changed her mind? I think it has to do with Pearl and Elena. Because Mia sees Elena bring Pearl home and that they're like laughing and talking. I don't know. I think it's either she wants to insert herself into that and under, I don't know. It's so confusing because she's constantly taking pictures of Elena and her family. So I'm, I'm wondering if one, is she watching them or is she just curious about this family? Like, does she come there with a reason to watch them or she just thinks they're weird and is taking their picture just because. And then when she sees that like Pearl and Moody are hanging out. So is she inserting herself into the situation to be more in control of what's happening around Pearl and well, yeah, and that she family? Sees that Pearl is really, really fits in with them. Yeah. Like I think that she realizes that when she's interacted with them, that they're not just hanging out with Pearl as a charity case that like, Pearl is a valuable friend to all of them, and whenever she's at their house, she overhears a conversation of just the way they're hanging out and talking about stuff, and she realizes they are actually friends. I don't know why she changed her mind. I don't know if it was out of desperation. I mean, I think there could be another side of it as Mia picked, Pearl says that they picked the place to go and study. So she picked Shaker for a reason. Then we haven't talked about Mia's little flashbacks, but 
Elena appears in one of them. So is she related to that? You know, so is it a keep your enemies closer type of situation or is it a curiosity type of situation? I think it's a keep your enemies close. I do too. I think she doesn't trust Elena for anything. Mm -mm. She knows Elena's a journalist and she knows she's on the run. She knows Elena is nosy and is always trying to insert herself into these situations. Yeah. Instead of of being watch she's gonna try to do some watching or something i think so that's my guess and so super interesting so she actually keeps having these nightmares mia has these nightmares you see three of these nightmares and they're a little bit different each time which is confusing but they all take place on a subway yes and the first one i remember there's a man like staring staring at her And the second one, the same man is there. He's staring at her, right? And another one I remember, there is another woman Mm -hmm. that is like cuddling on Mia. Yeah, she's like laying in her lap. Uh, What did you think about that? I have zero clues as to what's going on with that. It is confusing. So when she sees the man again, it sort of transports into Elena. So is that, I mean, I don't know. Elena is looking at her too, though, right? So weird. Do you remember Elena's expression looking at her? I don't either. Like I don't I mean the man is I looking didn't... at her in I don't know if it's concern or I feel just like he's just staring at staring her. Staring at her so intently. So we don't know anything about these nightmares. Like part of my brain went to is that Pearl's dad, like something happened there, and that's the man they're on the run from. Well, and that could be Pearl's dad. It's kind of hard to tell. These are very short, like little nightmares or whatever. So that's I funny think... that I haven't even like put any thought into where's Pearl's dad. They haven't said a word about her dad, have they? No. Or nothing. made any kind of mention about him not being there? I mean, it's that. probably easy to assume that she's running from a man, but she could be running from a crime that she committed or... I mean, it could be anything, but it's easy to assume she's running from a man because they've shown you this man. Well, and with Elena being a journalist, she might know something about the crime. She might have reported the crime in the past, you know. Yeah. She might have a lot more information than the average person on... That is so interesting. ...what this thing was. Also, she seems to have some kind of separation anxiety whenever she, you know, Pearl gets her own room. And yeah. isn't she having a hard time sleeping without Pearl there in the bed? I or... didn't I didn't pick up on that, but maybe, okay. yeah. Well, Go that ahead. was the night they had a fight, too. Um, We have to talk about the bike that Mia gives Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Was that not the most wonderful masterpiece creation ever? I want my bike to look like that. Like, how can I decorate my bike like that? I really did go like, oh, she made her a bike. Like, I said that out loud. (laughs) Yeah. It was so sweet. Because you don't really know. She's, like, making this mixed media art piece, you assume. Because she's like, has bike parts and she's pasting like paper to it. And so you're just assuming she's making like some sort of sculpture, but she's building her daughter a bike. Oh, so cute. It was, and, and it's, it's like the coolest, coolest bike, bike ever. ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> I, I was like, I want a bike like that. For sure. So some of the themes in this that I wanted to catch on, I think we kind of already got there, right? Yeah. We've um, talked a lot about them. We, we kind of already got into a lot of this stuff, but just making sure we cover it, I saw that the mother-daughter relationship 
dynamics was huge in this whole episode. And I think it's going to be through the whole series. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you think, especially in Izzy's case and Elena's case, how do you think Elena can support Izzy? How do you think she can improve their relationship? Because it feels like Izzy's just kind of bitter and like closed off anyway what what can a mom do if you have a teenager that is just shut you out what do you do I think the first step she could take would just be to try to talk to her because after the whole not your puppet incident Elena went to Izzy's bedroom door and like wanted to go in and talk to her you know, you can see that Izzy notices that and is like sort of waiting for her mom to come in. And eventually Elena walks away and it's like you see the sort of the defeat on Izzy's face. And it's like if you could have just gone in there and maybe started to sort of bridge the gap a little bit with any conversation of like, what's going on with you? I'm, I love you. I care. Like just saying out loud, you know, I'm concerned. For sure. I love that you caught that. You would think that she would just want her mom to go away. And I think that's why... I think that's why Elena did go away because she's like, oh, she doesn't want me to bug her. Like, I can't do anything to fix this. But really, she was dying for her mom to come try to fix it. Yeah. So I think that would be a good thing for parents to remember is that our kids do want us to try to help them through problems and try to fix things if we have caused the problem. I don't have a teenage daughter. I have a very young daughter. But even now, there's times that I can tell she's upset. And I said, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. And I'll ask her several times, what's wrong? Nothing. And I said, well, I can't help you if you don't tell me what's wrong. So I feel like we're already at that stage of like, you have to talk to me. I can't help you or fix, hopefully, these problems she's having or whatever made her upset is trivial. I can't fix it for her unless she tells me. So I think just asking what's going on with you, what's wrong, how can I help would be a huge step in the right direction for Elena. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, maybe how have I made you feel this way too? Like even taking on some of that. I don't presume to know anything about raising teenagers, but that rejection has to be hard of trying to help your teenage daughter and they're just saying, mom, stop, like don't. But I think as the parent and the adult, you should still press in and just put up with that sort of attitude and say, you can be mad at me or hate me or whatever, but I still love you and I want to try to bridge that gap. They may not respond, but at least you tried. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Uh, Have you ever had... (laughs) I'm so wise. No, just kidding. (laughs) Have you ever had a relationship with another woman older than you, like like a mother, that was not the same closeness of your mother? So you're saying... I feel like like you and your mom are close now, right? Well, my mom and I have always been close. Okay. Um, So I can kind of relate to this a little bit because... My mom and I are not very much alike as far as the things that interest me or things that I'm good at. She's good at totally different things, interested Mm -hmm. in totally different things. So like figuring out how we want to spend time together is always kind of like, well, for me, I'm going to want to go on a hike. I'm going to want to work out or do something active or play a sport. Um, and she can't, you know, she just like, she can't play sports. Like she couldn't, right. if she like, she's not athletic and she's not interested in it if she wanted to, you know, I like to play games. She doesn't like to play games. She's like, why would I play a game if I don't have anything to show for it? Like she, <laughs> she's like, I want to have at the end of the day, like, like a I want to have canned all of these peaches so that <laughs> I 
have I can show what kind of work I did and I'm like well that doesn't sound very fun to me you know <laughs> like <laughs> I want to do something fun <laughs> and she's like I want to do something productive but y'all are close we are close yeah, just because just... we do love each other and I think she's hilarious I think she's like the funniest person I know and so she's entertaining to me <laughs> and I think I entertain her too just even being different but I think that comes with an acceptance and I think yeah I, of your differences. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I definitely have to accept that when she says things to help me to be more like her. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or to, you know, be ways that I'm not because I'm not going to think to be that way. I have to know not to take it personally and then vice versa. I can feel most supported by being accepted, I guess. And I think that's something that moms can do to help their daughters is just to know that like no you don't have to wear your hair down because to fit in with that girl I don't think Elena should have told Izzy that right an example today even like I have twin daughters you know you know my twinsies yes they got into the little hair chalk and like colored streaks of their hair blue today without permission and they came downstairs and they had blue hair and <laughs> I think they were kind of like, what's mom going to think? Like, oh, we dyed our hair blue. And I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so good. It's so beautiful. You guys are so good at that. And just like, I think they were expecting me to be like, why did you get into that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Just letting it and go. And then the Let fact that I was like, I wish my hair was like your color because I don't think that would show up on my dark hair because I've got dark brown hair. And they were like, can we try? Like, we want to try it on your hair. And then, then they did it on my hair. I have like a blue streak in my hair now. And I was just like, oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Like, Aww. I think just like kind of agreeing with them that yeah. whatever they're doing is cool sometimes whenever it's not life altering. Yeah. Says a lot. Like, I feel like I've sort of taken that approach too with, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to take family pictures you know, we're just running to the store or whatever. Like, if that's what you want to wear, that's fine. You know, absolutely. Just letting it be. Those are not life and death decisions. I'm not going to fight you on wearing rain boots to the grocery store. I don't care. Absolutely. You know? I don't even notice that thing, any, that kind of stuff yeah. anymore. There was a time mm -hmm. when, especially when they were babies or oh, yeah. my son was, I was like dressed him so cute all the time and everything matched. And like, I really cared. And then there got to be a point of, you know, I'm too busy to care. Yeah. And now I don't even notice. Like, <laughs> I really That's don't so care funny. now. now I, it's, it's just like getting you in the car. It's funny because so. I, I, I let them wear what they want, but I will make suggestions like, well, those are blue shorts and that's an orange shirt. So do you want to find a blue shirt or you're good? And they're like, I'm good. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So the other day um, we were getting a little bit more dressed up than usual. We weren't, I don't know where we we're going, but my oldest son always wears shorts. He never wears pants. And so he came downstairs in jeans and he said, mom, I'm wearing the jeans for you. It's like he did that because he knew I would, and I didn't, I think if I would have forced him to wear jeans or told him to wear jeans, that would have not happened. But he went out of his way to sort of please me and wear jeans. I thought that was super sweet. So it's like letting them have their own say sometimes gets you what you want in the end. Except anyway. for he chose to do that when it's been 80 degrees. I know. It's like, come on, Micah. He's, he's so funny. He's just like. Yeah. If it's cold, he's wearing shorts. If it's hot, he's wearing pants. I'm like, I, whatever. I can't. I just can't have I know, that but discussion see, you, anymore. You didn't have to say, like, it was good that you omitted that. 
that yeah. okay it's 80 degrees thank you for wearing <laughs> thank you I love it <laughs> when it was 43 that would have been nice yeah <laughs> I also but, wanted yeah. to bring up that when I was a teenage girl, probably a little bit older than Izzy, I had a woman in my life who was a friend. She was the wife of the youth pastor at our church. Mm-hmm. So they hosted all the youth events at their house all the time, like game night or whatever. And so we were at their house a lot in groups and I just became friends with her. And you know, when you're younger, you think people are so much older than you. Like turns out she's probably not that much older than me, but I thought she was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, I kind of saw her as like a mom to me and I would ask her advice about, you know, boys or whatever. And I think there was a period of time where I was spending a lot of time with this woman and talking to her more than my mom. And I think my mom saw that. And I I did at the time remember feeling a little like, oh, like, sorry that I wasn't interacting with my mom as much. But I appreciated that she sort of allowed me to have that friendship and didn't make it a big deal. You know, she didn't. Yeah, but you know that's got to be a little. um, Yeah, hurtful for sure. I don't know if the word's intimidating or even possessive. Like Mm -hmm. when your daughter starts to take to somebody else and and especially in a time where you're feeling like you just can't relate. Yeah. um, I bet that was super hard. But my mom never made it a a big deal. And she allowed me to have that friendship. And as friendships sometimes do, it just naturally took its course. And then. I don't know. It's like I've, me and my mom are close and we've, we've always had a good relationship. It wasn't that I wasn't getting along with my mom at the time. It just, I don't know. It was like a sort of a time in my life where I needed someone else, I guess. But, you know, I just always appreciated that my mom didn't try to make me feel bad about that or she allowed me to have that friendship. And I thought that about my mom. That, I'm that sure... was very unselfish of her yes. to kind of share you in yes. that way or let you have what you needed. So it's important for people to have different people than their family, just different outlets in their life. Yeah. Um, whether it's friends or other adults, it's kind of like the more people that love your kids, you would think the better, right? Yeah. You would hope. Well, um, and if, but yeah. you're also kind of careful about who those people are. Right. I mean, I can tell you right now. So my son, uh, well, you know, Hudson, he's mm-hmm. eight and he's just getting to the age where um, I'm getting all these requests on, oh, what is it? It's the Facebook messenger for kids. Oh yeah. And I've just been like in the past, like only grandparents, like it's just all our, all of our grandparents live out of town. This is a way that he can text us. He can call his grandparents on it. He can FaceTime them. He has the power to have some correspondence and they can reach him without talking through me, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool and new to him. Well, I'm getting all of these requests for friends at school and even friends on his baseball team and stuff like that. And I don't really want him to have that kind of freedom or whatever, because I want him to have people in his life that he can communicate with and he can have outlets. But as his parent, like, especially with all the cyber bullying Mm -hmm. and stuff that goes on like there is a big sense of me having control of who has access to him yeah Um, and I know he's only eight and so me being careful with this I think is responsible but as he as our kids get older I mean I see it being a a part of a control thing that's like okay you know at some point they're gonna want to talk to their friends like right now I'm pretty choosy about like Mm -hmm. who's allowed and I just let his cousin, ever since we've had to be quarantined, (laughs) right, (laughs) the social distancing or whatever, his cousin in Oklahoma, I just allowed cousins to be on there and they Mm -hmm. are having so much fun with it. I mean, 
they are constantly sending each other videos and <laughs> fart stickers. And <laughs> it's just constantly like something's happening. But anyway, I don't, I don't know how I got off on that. <laughs> just, I think it's just that control. Control, that, yeah. That, that we're, you know, controlling it's like, your kids and who it, has access to them and who can be close to them, I think. My point of bringing up that other friend I had was like the whole Elena and Pearl making connection and, you know, Izzy and Mia making connection. It's like that has to be hard to watch. It's a control thing. And so it'll be interesting to see sort of how those two friendships play out. Okay, Okay, Steph, before we get off of here, we have to make a prediction Based on what you know and who you know in the show now, who do you think set the fire? Hmm. I'm going to have to lean towards Mia or someone maybe from Mia's past just because there's so much secrecy and paranoia wrapped up in her and she's really on the run from something. So I think it is Mia or Pearl because... Hmm. I believe that mothers and daughters are protective of one another. And I think Pearl is privy to knowing whatever it is that Mia is running from, possibly. Maybe mm-hmm. she's completely oblivious. I don't know. But I think that there could be a twist because every good plot has one. Mm-hmm. And right now, Pearl is, Elena loves her, Elena trusts her, Elena's asking for more of her. And also, Pearl would be an insider to whatever drama is going on with Mia and whatever secrets that they've run from. And I I just think that that could be a possibility. That's definitely a good observation. I think so. Anyway, so did you love it or did you want to leave it? I'm going to say love it just because I love a good mystery. And this definitely has a lot of possibilities wrapped up in it. We loved it. Can't wait to tune in to episode two and three. Join us back for more coverage on Little Fires Everywhere. And follow us on Twitter at tweet2, the number two, Steph, S-T-E-F, and tweet2, Lauren V. Also, follow Pod Clubhouse on all platforms. Until next time. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.